This week's coffee is going to be Peru Café Verde Cusco Organic. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 181 and here we are again for the 181st time uh, about to talk about a new coffee. Um, these numbers kind of scare me every week. It scares me how much of my life must have been spent recording and editing and uploading and putting all the place it needs to go. Um, it's quite scary when you look at it. Um, and I guess that's only ever going to keep getting worse, but yeah, 181 times I have said, Hello everybody and welcome to In My Mug, episode number one, onwards. So yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about coffee, because that's what we do on here. So this coffee is grown by 127 uh, small holding farmers in the valleys of uh, La Convencian, um, which is uh, in the Quebra Quebrada, Quebrada uh, region, near the town of Cusco, in Peru's southern highlands. Um, it's an area that is quite close to Bolivia and because it's very close to Bolivia it grows a lot of the crops that Bolivia grow so for instance coffee and coca uh, but in Peru coca is actually uh, illegal um, but people still grow it so this is the most profitable alternative to growing coca um, and uh, it's, you know, uh, something that I kind of think is really important we support uh, as, you know, support a nation like this that wants to provide a crop that is uh, not coca. So these small farmers are located in an altitude between 1100 and 1900 metres above sea level in the Andean valleys, uh, as I said, around the region of Cusco. It's actually on the same Andean valley as all of the Bolivians that we get. So if you carry on down that spine, you end up in Machacamarca, in Loaiza, um, all those amazing, amazing places. Um, in the area of Cusco, there is, it's a tradition that, you know, these farms are family farms that have been passed from father to son, mother to daughter for like many, many years. Um, so there's a you know, big history of growing coffee from these producers. Um, it's fully organic certified. Um, there was a big push in Peru in the uh, 1980s, 1990s to make Peru uh, organic uh, from the US. They spent a lot of money helping and a lot of input uh, to get the organic certifications and this is one of those. Um, the harvest in Peru runs from March until August. Um, uh, quite a long picking period but again this is because the differing altitudes and the different, different times of maturation of those cherries. Um, and this gives you an idea of the, uh, the size of the farms. On average, it takes around about five to ten people to pick the farm, which that tells me they're quite small. Um, it's a fully washed, submerged in water, proper traditional sense of the kind of word fermentation. Um, so yeah, fully washed. Uh, Peru. Peru is somewhere I tend to not like much in the past. Um, when I kind of hear that there's Peru's on the table, I kind of shudder in the corner. Um, and I'll be honest, I've probably tasted 40, 50 Peru's, and out of those 40, 50 Peru's, this is the only one that I would buy. 
This is the only one that I would drink. Um, yeah, I mean, we cooked it blind, kind of, we, so I didn't know what was coming, and I kind of thought, this tastes very Bolivian, but with a little bit more acidity, and lo and behold, it's on that Andean spine, so, um, yeah, but it's a, it's a great coffee, and I hope we're going to enjoy it together in a moment. So let's go through the numbers. So say it's owned by 127 smallholder farmers. The varietals are Bobon, Bobon, Katura, Katimor, Katai, and Tipica because it's from all over, there's all sorts in there. It's a fully washed, sun-dried on patios, um, altitude of 1,100 to 1,900 metres above sea level, near to the city of Cusco, which is in the region of Yantail, Calca, um, and very near to the La Convencion kind of region too. So there are the numbers. Um, this week, I'm not going to be able to do the map bit. I'm going to wrap a map on now to show you where it is, but I'm not going to be able to do the whole map bit because I'm shooting off in a couple of hours' time to Dublin for the weekend uh, to go and do another run because I'm still running like an idiot. Um, and I'm just not going to have... I know I'm not going to have time and I don't want to do it badly. So a little bit of a map to give you the idea of where it is in Peru. Um, and, um, and yeah, you can see that there. So uh, I'm going to wrap you on pause. I'm going to go make super quick drinks. Um, and I'll be back with you in a second with those lovely tasty... Oh, I should do the Wheel of Death, though, shouldn't I? Um, let's get the Wheel of Death out, but it's going to be a complete surprise. So what can the Wheel of Death be today? It's that. <laughs> you see how planned I am on Russia? I've got so much to do. I haven't packed. I haven't done anything. I'm... Ah! So, wipe you on pause. I'll be back in a minute with what's on the Wheel of Death. Okay, so I'm back. I'm going to dive straight into the espresso, give it a stir. It's a new stirring device. I've invented it. It's called the finger. It's ace. So, as an espresso, the predominant flavour I get with this is like black tea. So I get that kind of... I, I hate the word astringent because it's always used in a very negative way in coffee, but it's a little bit astringent, a little bit kind of like drying. But you get those black tea flavours, so big and bold flavours in there. A little bit of floral too, which I really like. Kind of reminds me very slightly of an Earl Grey. Oh, sorry, you'll have to excuse me. That is the timer giving me the pre-warning. One second, I'm nearly there. So we went for the clever, because I'm clever. That was the wheel of death. I went out and randomly picked something. So, um, yes, espresso. So very, very like black tea, very like tannins, kind of, and a little bit of floral, a little bit like an Earl Grey, but none of that kind of bergamot stuff going on. The floral's there, but it's certainly not a bergamot, not like a, um, like a yerg or something like that. So, got to dive into the cap. Mm. So in the cap, you think this will get lost because of that floral kind of light, and it is quite light. But actually, I get the black tea coming through there, and the black tea sitting underneath really nicely. Um, I actually prefer it to the espresso. I think it kind of that's more my thing for, for milk. So we, the clever is nearly dripped through. Should we stop it there? We'll stop it there. So into the mug. I like the Clever Dripper. I really need to do a brew guide on the Clever Dripper at some point, I think. It's, um, it's quickly become one of my favourites. It's kind of like all the good things 
of French press. So I like that immersion brew, the way it sits, the water sits there in the coffee for a long time and it's immersed and you don't have to do quite as much stirring or agitation or, and it just works and it's clean and so anyway. So this is where the florals uh, take over from the black tea. It's, it's just super light and delicate and just kind of dances around the tongue. Um, this has been with us for four or five months and it's still tasting amazing. Like still tasting amazing. And um, yeah, I'm really pleased with it. I think it's a really, really cool coffee. It's great to find something from Peru that I like and just not have that non-biased about one country just because, you know, it never tastes anything good. So Peru Cafe Verde Cusco, organic. It's from uh, 127 small holding producer farmers. Uh, the varietals are Bobon, Katura, Katimor, Katayi, Tipica. And that's because they're the varietals in the area. I have no idea of percentages at all because they just it all comes together. It's a fully washed, submerged in water, dried on patios under the sun, um, altitude of uh, 1,100 to 1,900 metres above sea level. Uh, near to the city of Cusco, from the region of Yantil, uh, which is the Calca and La Convenciana areas. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, time to go, time to go. I'll keep bursting into song at the end of it in my mugs. I really need to stop that. Life is too short for pain.